When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 107 of the College Loop Podcast. And this week starts our College Loop Game Week schedule. And Tar, how you doing, buddy? I just realized you're on the wrong side. Hold on. I know this is weird. Flip us around. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, I was like, I just realized, like, oh my god, no, I ain't happening. Yeah, right. it just it just felt aesthetically incorrect. <laughs> Boys, it is game week on the plains of Auburn, Alabama, and a whole lot of other places. But who gives a crap about the rest of them? Football is going to be back at Jordan Hare Stadium in six days. It's going to be five days as the show's coming out. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little. Little, little excited here, caught in the moment as we record this on Sunday evening. It's going to be hotter than Hades, just like it always is for kickoff. My roommate that's, that goes to all the football games and has season tickets with me told me it's going to be 89 degrees at kick, and I said, that's bull. That's not how that's going to go down at all. <laughs> it's going to be like 95. It's going to feel like 100. And you're going to be there with 88,000 of your closest friends, folks. And family. If that doesn't get you going. The College Loop Podcast is not for you because it gets me going. Football's back in the best atmosphere in the whole damn country. And it is time for Total Meat Leather. And we're going to talk about the same things we've talked about for the past months and months and months for just a few more days. We've got a jam-packed week. Daniel, are you fired up? I'm fired up, man. Oh, yeah, I'm fired up. And, um, yeah, I, I get it. You Southern people love your heat. I'll take my nice air-conditioned press box any day of the week. Um, that That's more where I feel like I belong in the world. Uh, but so ready for football to be back. Um, so ready for my first full season on the football beat. Um, a lot of exciting things. It's an exciting time in the life of Daniel Locke. Um, very excited to be here. And, yeah, let's talk about some Auburn football. Before we get into the main overarching question, all right, Everybody's favorite part of an Auburn football game day. Let's just lead off. This is a perfect way to start the week, right? Perfect way to start the week. Daniel, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I love the tailgating, man. Um, it's not really – I didn't grow up a huge college sports fan, so it's not something I grew up with. Um, NFL tailgating, like I've lived across the country for my NFL teams, so I just was never really able to tailgate for NFL games and other sports not named football don't really do that. So my first time experiencing that was one I'll never forget. Um, still a big part of it. Obviously, a tradition that is uniquely Auburn, man, the Eagle flight. Like, can't beat it. Um, and then the student in me loved swag surf, man. <laughs> That's right, man. Those are all great answers. Uh, the Eagle flight, uh, when, when we're talking about in Jordan-Hare Stadium, uh, I've, I've, got, I've got two, Dylan. I'm going to do one in stadium, one outside of stadium. All right, I'm still trying to think of mine. The stadium is, is obviously the Eagle flight. That's that's a, that's a given. But the marching band, 
when when the lead drum major does i only coin it the runny thing <laughs> i'm telling you man there's something inside of me that just it it just fires me up it gets me going you and you know what i'm talking about here uh you see my impression and an honorable mention right before the eagle flight rick smith's voice over oh. the entire pa system and now to continue a tradition that is uniquely auburn oh my god i'm going I'm, i mean i'm in i'm locked in outside of the, of the stadium everybody loves tailgating big cornhole enthusiasts myself can't 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 lie love me some cornhole the pageantry of not just sec football but of auburn football takes the freaking cake and i've been to games at uh, 12 of the uh, I've been to games at 12 of the 14 SEC schools. Nobody does it like Auburn. It is a full on fashion show. Um, and I'm not just talking about for, for the ladies. I'm talking about for the gentlemen too. A golf polo attire. You know, you know what I mean? Everyone's got on their their Saturday best, not your Sunday best, but your Saturday best. And, and you're all getting together to, to support your team. Man, there's nothing. Qu- I'm so excited. I'm ready for football. I'm ready for football. All that reminds me is whenever I took Lauren to her first uh, tailgate for Penn State, and she got mad at me because she was like, you didn't tell me I have to dress nice for these things. I was like, no, that's just a sorority girl. You, 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 no, it's not. You neglected to tell her that college football is damn near church for the South. <laughs> so. Well, it was like, I'm wearing a jersey, and she was like, well, I'll just put on one of, she just put on one of my T-shirts and came to the game. And then she's like, if you would have told me I would have brought a dress, I was like, that's not how I get ready for football games. I throw on a jersey, and if it's cold, I put on a hoodie. Then I put on a jersey. Like I, it's not something that I do pageantry wise. But you bring up favorite thing about game day. The Eagle Flight's a great one. The kid in me wants to say Tiger Walk because I still remember one of my first memories of Tiger Walk was 2010 in November. Uh, we, me and my my dad took me to Auburn versus Chattanooga. And if you can't tell by the year, Cam Newton was in that was in that game. Sure. Uh, and I just remember. Cam Newton running down Tiger Walk, and I was one of the lucky people. Whenever he was jumping around, smiling, high five. I was one of the lucky kids that got to high five Cam Newton. And for the next hour and a half, I t- convinced myself that I was never washing my hand again. Uh, I was just dead set. Cam Newton touched my hand. This hand is now like holy because Cam <laughs> Newton just bestowed his hand upon my hand. And but, dude, nothing beats the walk after a win down campus straight to those beautiful tumors oaks which now those two are going to be ready to roll uh come the umass win and lauren gets to start finish her conversion treatment from a georgia fan to an auburn fan by getting to i have a confession i've never rolled tumors what what Yeah. yeah but now lauren gets to enjoy tiger walk the tailgating the eagle flight Swag surf to game one. Uh, I wish it was a night game to see the LEDs because uh, those are just awesome now. But she gets to hear Rick Smith over the intercom, and then she gets to walk down to roll tumors for the first time. I'm bringing, I'm already bringing extra rolls, toilet paper. Okay, Daniel, you've got to roll tumors at some point before you graduate. It is mandatory. Won't be happening this year. Yeah, well, you've it, it came for basketball. Uh, I feel like um, that wouldn't hit the same. Well. My girlfriend, quick quick side side plot story. My girlfriend's first uh, roll of tumors was spring of our freshman year. We did not know each other fall of our freshman year. And uh, she never rolled for a football game, which I was like, what what are you talking about? Abby's first win, uh, first Auburn win, was when we won into the Final Four. That was a pretty damn good roll, folks. 
That was a pretty pretty good role. I was gonna say I think the top yeah. top five roles are the the last role always holds dear to my heart. The before the trees got taken down, I got to roll the trees before they got taken down uh, after Auburn's A Day. I think in 2013, 2012. Uh, I think twenty thirteen. Uh, and then number two, winning the, beating Kentucky yep. after Pearlville. That's up there. Three LSU for the first time since nineteen ninety nine. Four would definitely be either the final four or winning the SEC championship. And then that's four and five right there. So my biggest regret as an Auburn student so far is at, I didn't get to experience Pearlville. Um, the game was Saturday the 22nd. My birthday is Friday the 21st. My parents were in town that weekend. So they bought tickets ahead of the game, like ahead of the game, way in advance. Um and then afterwards, I didn't think that, huh, maybe we should go to Tumor's Corner. Uh, they were hungry and wanted to eat. So um, mm-hmm. we went eight. Um, that, that was a good roll because we earned it. Uh, best time I never want to have again. Let's talk <laughs> Auburn football. I smell it again. I can smell it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite article I've ever written, and actually won, uh, I was from a first place APA award recipient for this article, was my memoir reflecting on Pearlville and Daniel I'm not saying that it's 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 the best thing you'll ever read um, I'm pretty proud of it if you go back and read it you can smell Pearlville I promise um side note another little side plot I actually had to dig through the um observers like storeroom of papers and find that so sorry about that no no it's, it's all good but I just want you to Remember me at your acceptance speech for the award. That <laughs> I certainly do appreciate that. I, I mean, you are the reason. You finding that is the reason I won an API. So, Tar, is it Tar, Tar? Is it true that you actually install like a scratch and sift like software into the, your article itself? <laughs> and now, if you like scratch your screen, you can like smell Pearlville. It's like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell it just from the memories. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Auburn football time. Back to football. Only took nine minutes. It's all right. We're here. Game, game week on the Plains. What does Auburn need to see from Peyton Thorne and his quarterback debut for the Auburn Tigers at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday? How does he bolster his claim as the team's only starting quarterback? Daniel, I'm going to open this question up to you first. I figured since I raised my hand politely. I, 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 look, I, wasn't, I was trying to read my little script I'd written, so it flowed smoothly, so I didn't see you. But go on. Um, well, you see, it's only the UMass Minutemen. So my answer would be different if um, Auburn was opening up the season with a P5. the Oregon Ducks in Dallas or the Washington Huskies in Atlanta. But, you know, kind of – I'm just going to say 15 of 20 for 200 yards and three or four – three touchdowns should be plenty. Um, that's kind of all I want to see from this, the ones this week. Um I like that. I do. I just I, I don't want this to be a time where the starting quarterback has to play four quarters and throw thirty plus passes. I don't want Thorne to throw more than twenty. Dylan, your thoughts? I think you just got to see consistency. Uh, I I don't think it's uh, nothing more than just you see to see a guy who can go out on the field, call the plays, uh, run them to perfect not to perfection, but run them. Like more more often than not well, I want to say at least 80% completion percentage just because you're playing a defense that's not very good. We saw that uh, two days ago now uh, against, against uh, New Mexico State. Uh, just a defense that's not very good. And if Auburn, if you freeze, feels the need to, I mean, you can just pound the run and 
and he could win this game by 40 without even throwing the ball. I, I think that's very much plausible. And you keep your quarterback healthy. But if you and I would love to see Notre Dame did a great job of this versus Navy. And I hate giving Notre Dame any credit, but I do love Sam Hartman and Marcus Freeman. But Sam Hartman, they did a great job of keeping it run heavy while also letting Sam Hartman eat against Navy. And I, again, like I don't think Navy is good by any measures, but I think they're pretty comparable to UMass. So I think if Notre, if Auburn wants to, and he frees want to show off Peyton Thorne's ability, I think do exactly what Notre Dame did against Navy. I like that answer too. Uh, I actually kind of have like a, a mental checklist of things I want to see from Peyton Thorne um, on, on Saturday. If, if he's going to be the guy, the QB one for the duration of the 2023 campaign. First off, you're on a quarter, you're, you're on a, what's the word I'm looking for? Load management, similar to what LeBron James has, has, has kind of become known for. Load management. I don't want to see you play more than two quarters. Uh, that's and, and, and that means in order to get to that threshold, there are some things you have to do correctly. And if, if you're not doing these things correctly, you may see a mix in anyways. North of 60% completion rating. I'd like that to be north of 65. Um, I'm not going to put a, a number of pass attempts on that. I'm not looking for a 75, 80% kind of crazy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ridiculous there. Is that feasible? Absolutely. This UMass defense is sus to be generous. I do also want to see a limited playbook. Uh, like, like you said, like you said here, Dylan, but I want to see the, the limited playbook that's being ran, ran to, I'm going to actually go further than you, Dylan, damn near perfection, because you should not have as many plays opened up because you don't want to put the film out. You do it. It's, it's one of those things you've seen it over the Malzahn tenure. You even saw it throughout the, throughout the Harson tenure and you see it everywhere else. If you're going to be an FBS team picking on a lower level FCS, FBS opponent, you, you want to make sure that that playbook is not expanded. So you don't put film out. I also want to see no turnovers. Don't turn the football over. You throw an interception, you throw a fumble, you are automatically getting knocked down a letter grade for me. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. You fumble the football or you, you, you turn the ball over in some kind of stupid boneheaded move. I'd rather I'd rather you fail to convert on a third and two and have punt football against UMass than try to play hero ball and get yourself in a fourth and six and take a sack or fumble the football trying to, trying to make something happen with your legs. Play smart, fundamental football. I, I think that that is, that is number one way to make sure Auburn fans are on your side. It is unbelievable how much easier you can convince people, even if, and I'm not saying this is the case for Peyton Thorne, even if you don't play lights out, if you don't turn the football over, people can forgive you. And that is so, so, so important for Peyton, not just Peyton Thorne, but for that stable of running backs. None of those guys should fumble the football against UMass. Not a one of them. No. Right down to Sean Jackson. Does not matter. No, not one of you guys should turn the football over against UMass. Shouldn't turn it over anyways, but you get what I'm saying. That that that's that's important to me. I want to see checkdowns go through progressions, things we've not necessarily seen from uh, Auburn quarterbacks. It feels like in forever, but really since Bo Nix, who by the way, folks did go through his reads and his progressions. I I, I need to see on film when I go back and watch, probably on Monday since it's Labor Day. When I go back and watch on Sunday or Monday, and I and I and I watch just the offensive film. I need to see more often than not that you're not just going to your first read. And it's a simplified playbook. We're going to be able to know who your first read was. Can usually tell anyways. <laughs> you need to see check downs. The biggest thing that I want to see is 
Peyton Thorne playing mistake-free football and op- managing the, uh, the offense and what could be potentially a little kind of a glorified RPO. That's also a huge part, right? Making the right decision there most of the time. I'll agree with you on that one. And not throwing the football into situations where it has no business being thrown. Uh, that That is just so important. Um, I know that all that feels like basic. Harrison, you're talking surface level, like stuff we would, we would coach middle school quarterbacks to do. You can dominate this game by just doing, just completing the fundamentals. You don't have to do any, anything special, no razzle-dazzle, and don't need to pull any tricks out of the bag. Matter of fact, keep them buried in the bag. Lock the bag. Put it in a safe. Mistake-free football. Can, can you guys get behind that? I, I think it should be, just be as simple as run, run, pass. I mean, just simple as just that. Just, or even run, 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 all the way down the field. <laughs> I mean, this team is not very good. <laughs> Time of possession is going to be huge this week, guys. Um, I, Auburn should hold the football the majority of the time, unless it's hand the ball off and score. Um, I mean, you should be getting on, scoring, scoring, put, putting points on the board pretty much every possession. You can book it on a stupid three and out possession that'll that'll happen. It happens for every FBS team. I mean, hell, Georgia did it against Sanford a couple times last year. You're like three and out. Are you kidding me? Um, you'll have to punt the ball a couple times. But scoring on the majority of your possessions is should be the expectation this week. So that being said, anybody, anyone else want to expand on that topic before we move on to a couple of games that had some Auburn implications this past week? No? All right. We'll, we'll speak to the general audience. We'll move forward. <laughs> I, you, hit, you hit everything on the head, man. Thanks, you should man. Be, Christian, Christian Burnett should be getting carries. The walk-on from Mobile Agreed. should be getting carries in the fourth quarter. I mean, we're Agreed. even like talking about benching Sean Jackson. That's how much of a beatdown this should be. I'm more of a Luke Rebels uh, walk-on from Birmingham kind of guy, but, you know. Hey, I, I can get behind it. I can get behind it. All right, week zero games that had Auburn implications. Let's start with Vandy, and then we'll work over to the UMass-New Mexico State game and kind of uh, – or, you know what, we'll start with UMass-New Mexico State since UMass okay. is first. And New Mexico, uh, I think we should go <laughs> talk about UMass in this game, talk about Vanderbilt in their game, talk about New Mexico State, just to put it in the order of – how we're going to play those teams. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're talking about UMass New Mexico State, then we'll talk about Vanderbilt. All right, <laughs> UMass took down New Mexico State 41-30, and UMass finally won a season opener, guys. Let's give a little round of applause for UMass. Congratulations. I the their uh, record from last year already. They, they already have, yep. Yep, uh, first time they've had a winning record, and I don't I don't know how long, but maybe – maybe. What did you say? Four years. Four years. No, first five. time they got season opener, 84. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. Congratulations to UMass. Very, very happy for them. Um, this game was one of the games of all time. Uh, let's see. How, how do we decide? Uh, agree that we were going to pronounce the, the, the UMass quarterback's uh, last name was pronounced? Famachan? Is that what Tyson, we said? Tyson Famachan. Tyson Famachan. 10 of 17 for 192 yards, one touchdown, 96 yards on the ground, leading the team with a rushing touchdown. That being said, if you take away his rushing yards, UMass rushed for 101 yards as a, as a team. Uh, that was kind of the theme of the game. Diego Pavia, now that was the bright, the bright spot for New Mexico State, 16-27, uh, passing 248 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, what killed him? Uh, kind of like what Jonathan, what Jonathan Conley said when he came on our show and was previewing New Mexico State. Dude did move the ball and sling the rock. Uh, it was certainly the bright spot for New Mexico State. 
And the Aggies rushed for a combined 222 uh, uh, yards. Uh, okay, guys, let's, let's let's break things down here. Starting with UMass, like like you mentioned, Dylan. What should Auburn take away from this win from the Minutemen? And, 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 and how do you prepare to shut all that down? Daniel, you look like you were ready to talk, so I'm going to let you cook. Yeah. So this is a team that is not nearly as bad as they happened in the past, and they're not nearly as bad as some stats might make them look. Um, this is a defensive secondary uh, force three interceptions. I don't care what quarterback you're going against. That's not easy. Sure. Um, so this is a defensive secondary that can make some noise. Um, the defensive line also had four sacks and three tackles for loss. So that's something you got to watch out for. Um, they can pressure the quarterback. So a, I feel like it's honestly kind of perfect for the this to be the first team the O-line gets to play because it's sort of like a little bit of a happy medium between a relentless pass rush, like what you're going to see this year from Georgia and Alabama and all the schools you're going to play who are in the Southeastern Conference. Right. Um, but it's also not a complete joke like an Akron would be. Sure. Um, this is a pass rush that is skilled and they know what to do, but they're not so overwhelming to where your confidence is blown to where you can get out the gate. So I really like that um, and kind of staying on the offensive side of the ball, like I previously mentioned, three interceptions. So it gives Peyton Thorne a chance to go against a defensive secondary that can, like I said, cause some interruption and like make some plays, but one that won't be so overwhelming where his confidence is blown before he even gets out of the gate. Um, as far as the defense goes, uh, this, this game should be a cakewalk for them. Um, I didn't really see anything on the offense like that where I can point and be like that. That's something that Auburn needs to watch out for. Um like Pomachan's really not that intimidating. Just seems like a game manager quarterback, which I mean, hey, sometimes those can be the scariest quarterbacks. Um Yeah. Um so some lessons to be learned here for sure for the Tigers. Um and some film to watch. Some new yeah. film. <laughs> sure. And I don't know. Spread for this week is 38. I don't think Auburn covers just because, you know, 38 is a lot of points to cover. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Dylan, your thoughts? I uh, just watching Tyson Famachan. I called him Tyson P on the last episode just because I wasn't going to attempt it. So, Tyson, uh, dual threat ability is what I saw from him. Uh, the ability to escape the pocket when he needed to. I think New Mexico State had, I think – that didn't have a single sack on him. That's what the kind of dual threat ability Tyson has. And it kind of, it's kind of funny that he was the backup at, uh, for Clemson and Georgia tech. And now he's found his way to be the starter at UMass. Uh, and I, I think that he's finally found a groove and, and as Daniel called him a game manager, there were a lot of times where I could see him moving past that. Uh, and a defense like Auburn that we've heard kind of bad things about, about the run defense, uh, and their inability to stop the run unless the uh, you know unless the box is loaded up. So that right there kind of I don't want to say intimidates me, but makes me a little worried for this game maybe in the first second quarter. Like this game could definitely be an Auburn be a Georgia Sanford from last year. Or if and I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to a Jacksonville State Auburn 2015. I hate that I reminded myself of that game, but I think that. I think that if Auburn isn't careful, 
UMass can find their way uh, into a close halftime score. Uh, but overall, defense does not terrify me in the slightest. I think that Auburn's offense should be able to score nonstop throughout the first half. And then, again, Holden Garner should be getting fourth-quarter snaps as well. I think I Auburn mean, does end up covering this game. I think Holden Garner can wind up getting third-quarter snaps. I'm not nearly as worried as, as, as you, you you seem to be doing. I'm not I, worried. I'm just saying it, it could be a close halftime score. Apprehensive. There, yeah, we go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not apprehensive even a little bit. Um, this is game one for Hugh Freeze. Let's let's not forget that. Um, and and he's going to try to hang a zillion points. That's that's just kind of a statement of fact. I'm with you, Dylan. Defense doesn't even really. I don't think that's the right word for UMass. Um, defense is such an interesting loose term there. Um, I think Auburn's going to be able to run the football at will. And I, I think they'll be able to do that against a handful of opponents this year. So this is not going to be the first time you hear me say that. But it'll be interesting to see Peyton Thorne's abilities against that secondary that, that Daniel just talked about with forcing three turnovers against New Mexico State. That means it's not out of this world impo- impossible that they force Peyton Thorne to throw a pick. That's that's not out of this world impossible. It's going to be an interesting test for an unproven wide receiver group for for these dbs that the 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 new mass brings excuse me and on the defensive side of the ball i am curious to see how the front seven operates when they don't have to stack the box and don't have to try to guess for the runs if it's an rpo uh, layout or a play call that they can kind of get burned in that in that regard but I do think they'll be able to take care of business pretty pretty easily. Uh, I think Holden Gurner can see the field by the third quarter of this game, and I certainly think we'll get plenty of Robbie Ashford drives. I think that's that's on the on the table. Yeah, Dylan's over here hailing to the king. That being said, you said the spread's thirty eight and a half, Dylan, uh, Daniel. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. That is a huge spread. I think a lot of points to cover. Um, I don't know that Auburn covers. I think they run away with it. I think I think it's close. Uh, I, I think Auburn winds up winning this one, thirty-five plus. So we'll 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 see how that one that one shakes out. But the film that UMass put out, happy for them, very happy for them. Does not and should not concern Auburn fans. <laughs> um, I mean, this just seems like one of those like mess around and find out kind of things. Like I I, I don't think so. UMass a, isn't there yet. UMass I don't want to get into yet. a pissing match with this team. No, well, nobody does, and and no FBS Power Five opponent should ever want to get into a pissing match with any kind of G five low level, low tier G five. Um, every single one of these games, like a UMass, like in years past, you think about a Mercer, like a San Jose State, those are trap games. They're absolutely trap games. But I'm not worried about it. Um, a lot of this rides on on also. Hugh Freeze getting ready to do what Hugh Freeze wants to do, and, and that is impose his will on the offensive side of the ball. If Auburn's defense lets up 21 points, we need to talk. We need to talk, and we need to figure out what the hell's going on there. Go ahead and get a nice little factory reset going on. Yeah, mess. They need to turn it back. They need to unplug it and plug it back in and and, and try to reset their router because they, otherwise uh, I would be DCing from the game. But – all things considered, not overwhelmingly concerned about that. Let's talk 
a little bit about Vanderbilt, UMass, uh, uh, New Mexico State is, is further down the road. I'm, I'm not worried about that one right this moment. We'll, we'll be able to preview them a little bit more. But I do want to talk about Vandy because I'm a little bit pressing the panic button on behalf of Commodore fans. Um, I'm, I'm a little, little apprehensive here. They only beat Hawaii by seven. 35-28. Their defense is sus at best. A.J. Swan was underwhelming. And if you look at their rushing stats, I know sacks count against you, but the Commodores rushed for a combined 44 yards. Folks, this is bad. This is very bad. Hawaii, also very bad. I don't know, man. That's a good team. Yeah, okay, Mr. Rainbow Warriors. Um, This is alarming on a number of levels. I I was in Vandy's defense. Okay. I will say it was 34 four, it was 35 14 but then they just had a very bad fourth quarter and their defense I'm not saying they're they're better I'm not saying they're a good team I'm saying in their defense the game and they was, still almost let Hawaii back in the ball game the difference in that game is quite literally a kick return for a touchdown and interception on the last drive of the game sure they're, you don't remember the 2006 Hawaii Alabama game do you no, because I was six, which would mean you were four. <laughs> I only cared about the Iron Bowl that year. <laughs> I can go ahead and I, folks, let, let, let's break this one down. First off, AJ Swan, let's talk. Pretty good. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent. I don't think he was using it, Dylan. Uh, watching him play, I, I definitely a quarterback that I think is definitely underrated in the SEC. I can't lie. I love AJ Swan's game. I think he, he can be one of the better quarterbacks we've ever seen from Vanderbilt. I don't think he's Jay Cutler by any means, and that's weird saying that. But I definitely think AJ Swan can be looked at as one of the better quarterbacks in Vanderbilt's history. Now, saying that, I just think that I wish that ESPN counted drops or anything like that or catchable passes. I'd love to see that. But I, I do think that AJ Swan just had a tendency. This might just be an O line thing. Uh, because uh, Hawaii got got him sacked three times, and some of those don't really count as sacks whenever you tackle him, tackle him behind the line of scrimmage and he's outside the pocket. But he had a tendency to overthrow the ball uh, when, like, a Jaden McGowan, who is blazing fast for a Vanderbilt player, go ahead and put that out there. Jaden McGowan is already a player uh, 11 weeks down the line we should be a little worried about on any trickerations they might put with him around because uh, he's already faster than I think anybody he might be the fastest guy in the sec very possible uh and just watching aj one he he had plays i mean 19 of 30 he had plays where he made the right reads definitely and beautiful pass down the field uh, just only where the wide receiver could get it only where jay mcgowan could catch up to it but if a guy did not have a four three forty or or lower uh there's a lot of his passes where he just kind of skied it very very often i see that and I still think he's a sophomore. He's a true sophomore. He has plenty of time to develop throughout the season, and I think this is just Vanderbilt playing a week zero game. I still think they could pick it up a little bit. Uh, we'll see next week. Uh, but I think Vanderbilt, the defense, really let them down this game. The rush defense didn't. Uh, the pass defense did. Whenever Hawaii quarterback uh, throws 351 yards uh, and you got lucky getting two interceptions, uh, the de- pass defense is bad. Yeah, it's – yeah, that's and Hawaii's that never is. been a run. Hawaii's never been a rushing team, anyways. They're partial to the air raid. Honestly, I get it. 
I, I see the vision. Daniel, your thoughts. Um, once again, with this Vanderbilt team, it's just mess around and find out. Like, you don't want to go up to Nashville and not show up. Because um, there's enough here to make me think, like, okay, if Auburn doesn't show up until the middle of the third or fourth quarter, I think they lose. Because um, this team will hang with you. And, you know, people aren't going to like that very much. And that's fine. Like, I've kind of grown used to it. Um, but still, people just get into such a mindset of you can just write down wins before you win them. And that's not true. Um, sure. So, I mean, people must forget the Georgia State game my freshman year. That was, yeah, that, that's the thing that happened. And Texas you know State. why that happened? Because Auburn messed around and found out and didn't show up until the fourth quarter. Um, so. The Finley Savior game. It's the SEC. You know, that was the uh, Conference USA or something. So you just can't mess around. I'm belt. belt. Come on, baby. Georgia State, the alma mater of one Lisa Tarr. And it's also worth mentioning right now. If the season were to end right now, Vanderbilt wins the SEC. Okay. It's worth mentioning. Yeah, you're right. But, you're right. But what, what Daniel yeah. said was right. I mean, Florida messed around last year, and Vanderbilt definitely has, I think, in terms they of found out. most talented team, Vanderbilt definitely is probably the, the 14th out of 14. Next year will be the 16th out of 16, unless, you know, really good transfer portal. Uh, acquisition Are we sure? in. Uh, I would say so. They'd be down there with uh, probably right now Florida and, and Mississippi State. Uh, you forget about Missouri? Missouri has an opportunity. Missouri's very Missouri, good. Missouri could become competitive this year. I, I think Missouri they and could. Vanderbilt are both teams that could be very competitive this year. I, no, I don't believe in Missouri at all, but I'm just I'm I'm being dead serious, dude. Missouri might scare a few teams. No, okay. dude, I'm serious. Missouri in the next couple of years will be the biggest like coming of age story in college football because it, they have their recruit that you need to lean on. They have their Julio Jones esque recruit coming in. So it's going to happen. I mean, you okay. can be ready for it like Dylan and I are, Tar, or you could not be and stay over there. It's they your choice. Have, they should have had two more wins on that schedule last year. One look, of them all being Auburn, the other one being Georgia. They should have had two more wins on that schedule. Anytime yeah, Dylan and I have agreed on something on this show, it's always been right. It doesn't well, happen I'm, often. I'm suspect on Eli Drinkwich, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, right. he's, he's yeah. right. Let me bring it back to Vanderbilt. Let me bring it back to Vanderbilt. We're talking about Vanderbilt. My takeaway here is – this Vanderbilt defense has got to get a whole lot better. Yeah, and they will. It's week zero. There's well, that's fine. Uh, if that's the case, then you must also believe that the USC defense must get a, can get a whole lot better, and that's just I'm, not true. When, what is week zero? Like, that game. Happen. That game proved to me that USC is not going undefeated this year. Maybe anyway, not even. Probably getting more than two moving, losses. Moving, moving forward. Moving forward. That defense has got to get a whole lot better. Like Daniel said, they will. They will develop a little. There will be progression. You would think. Clark Lee's certainly a developmental guy, but the core foundation of that defense is something that's going to be a key factor when we go into game week preparation for Auburn versus Vanderbilt and how close I think that ball game will be. Because like Daniel said, they'll hang around, they'll hang their video board from a construction crane, and then they'll beat you, and then they'll storm the field in a single file line. All right, that's I mean that's just, just how it works there. Seen it before. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's been there, done that, got the 
t-shirt. So there's your there's your Auburn implication games from week zero. We'll keep you guys updated as we go week to week as to what Perfect. that looks like. Just quick side note, Josh Aldridge ranked in on three's top 30 assistant coaches in the country. So tip of the cap to him. And Dylan, tomorrow, just kind of prepping this for tomorrow's show, we will pre- preview the Alabama game, which is our final installment of our preseason preparations right here and previews here on the College Loop. Also, we'll protect the bowl games as well. <laughs> yeah, that'll be something. All right. Other news around Auburn athletics before we get out of here. First and foremost, congratulations to Auburn gymnast, uh, gym, excuse me, Auburn gymnastics alum, Suni Shali, finishing third at the U.S. Championship. Auburn soccer, they beat Auburn, uh, excuse me, Army. I said Auburn beat Auburn. That was a line. That's a bar. I'm spitting facts over here. Tigers beat Army 3-2. Anna Haddock put, uh, put the game on ice in the 61st minute, notching her second goal of the season, moving Auburn to 3-0-1 thus far. They'll take on Wake Forest on Thursday. August 31 at the Auburn Soccer Complex. Would love to have a soccer preview on Thursday if uh, on kind of to go hand in hand maybe on Wednesday. If that's something we can pencil in, would love that. We'll see where we can we can go on that on that front. Daniel, you're much more acquainted with the Auburn soccer realm than myself. Oh yes. And Dylan combined. <laughs> yeah, more than likely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are your thoughts about where this team's at so far through four games? Um, honestly, I think you're right where you want to be. Um, you start off the season uh, with a draw against the Sanford Bulldogs and something you got to stress in soccer. Sanford is very, very good. Sure. Um, this is a team that's won the SOCON, I believe nine years in a row. Um, a very tough out in the NCAA tournament. They beat Auburn in the first round of it in 2021. Um, so drawing with Sanford is not nearly as bad as it would look on paper just because sure. that team is very good. The next game against Southern Miss, Auburn really had a breakout scoring, I believe, five or six goals. No, excuse me, not Southern Miss. Troy. 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 It was last year they had their offensive breakout game against Southern Miss. Yep, so that's where five on Troy this year. Right. That that right. Then you go up to New York, um, and you win both games up there against Syracuse, who is very good, and um, Army, who's not bad. And that was a return game, the second half of a home and home. Um, so I I liked what I saw particularly today, um, because this was the first time Auburn had like a back-and-forth <clears throat> shootout, if you will, type game, um, and they came up clutch and they won. So it's good to see games like that because last year the song of the Auburn season was losing games one nothing or 2-1 to one, um, or just drawing at zero. Um, the offense was very, very non-existent at times last year. So I like how they responded today in a game where they needed to rely on on the goals. Um, Moving on to Thursday, Wake Forest is really good. Um, Another return game, the second half of a home-and-home. Last year they played in Winston-Salem. This year they're playing in Auburn. If you're in the Auburn area and need something to do Thursday night, I would highly recommend checking this game out. Um, It'll be a lot of fun. It's free. So, you know, might as well come on out. Um, it'll get you in the mood for, you know, going to an Auburn athletic event. Um, but like I said, this Wake Forest seems good. And I don't think one goal will cut it. You, you probably need three, maybe even four. So it'll be the biggest challenge of the year um, by far at this point. I'll ask you this. There are four matches remaining before you hit SEC play. You've got Wake Forest, American, West Virginia, and Ohio State. 
Mm-hmm. Two of those games at home, two of those games on the road, those road games being Morgantown and Columbus. Where is Auburn now as opposed to where you want them to be or Auburn fans should want them to be as they approach SEC play and how do they stack up with the rest of the conference? Um. Okay. So ideally, you know, you'd like to be seven and one or eight and one, whatever it is, or, you know, I mean, not having lost yet, but I don't think you make it through all those. Ohio state's very good. Uh, West Virginia is good. Um, so I think you drop one of those on the road, but I think you get the other. Probably if I had to guess you lose in Columbus, but win in Morgantown, which is fine. Sure. Um, Auburn, they're predicted to finish around the middle of the pack this year, um, which is a step up from last year, mainly because of what they return. Um, Matty Prochaska, a four-year starter in the net, that's, a, that, that's basically like having a four-year starting quarterback. It's huge. Um, obviously, having Anna Haddock back is huge. Like That's your whole offensive production for the past two seasons. So like that's big. The defense didn't really lose many people. Um and you have a lot of valuable depth pieces back. Um, Carly Thatcher's moved into a starting role as a striker. She's been very good. So I feel like Auburn will definitely have a better year. They should. I feel pretty confident that Auburn will find themselves in Pensacola for the SEC tournament. I don't think they'll miss it again. Um, I don't think they'll go 6-6-6 six, six, and six again, or I hope not at least. Um, that's just not a comfortable record um, and how they stack up against the rest of the conference. I think, I think the ceiling, I don't think they'll win the SEC. Uh, like I said, I don't think they'll be one of the teams that doesn't get to go to Pensacola, which the cut up the cuts 10. There are three teams that get to go and there's someone in the SEC who doesn't have soccer. I forget who it is, um, but there's only 13 teams. Um, so I feel like the ceilings three, and the floor is eight. So somewhere in the middle. Very nice. I'm looking I think up Kentucky's that, I think Kentucky's that team. I was about to say, I thought it was Kentucky. I think they're a different conference, actually. I think they're a different conference for soccer. Yeah, because they have men's soccer as well. I think, yeah. they're, I think they actually are in CUSA for soccer. Hmm. Interesting. It's always weird to me seeing those um, schools that, that have, like, different conferences for – where they're at in terms of like different sports. It's so weird. Notre Dame. Yeah, like Notre Dame. It's hard to keep track of anything. That's it, true. Unless it's football. Daniel, I appreciate that soccer breakdown. That was absolutely huge, actually. You're uh, absolutely welcome. Great. I appreciate you wanting it. Daniel Locke's um, soccer talks, if you will. Kind of Tar, I will ask you. I will ask you, Tar. How'd that soccer segment got you feeling? It's got me feeling loopy, man. I mean, it's also 1210 Eastern time, and I start my new job in eight hours. <laughs> Well, I got a conference I got to go to at nine, so yeah. we're on the, we're in the same boat there. <laughs> but Tar, you said you're feeling loopy. There's I am a gr- loopy. There's a great thing out in the world that you can get for yourself to kind of visualize how you feel, and that is the feeling loopy T-shirt available Ooh. on the War Report shop. And you can go get these shirts. I talked about it yesterday. I uh, talked to ten doctors. All ten agreed that these shirts actually bring you happiness. Uh, everyone that I've seen wearing these shirts feels a whole lot better. And it's just the perfect shirt to wear on game days. Five different colors. You got navy, heather black, you got solid black, you have gray, and heather gray as well. Or not, fuck, go back. Heather navy, solid gray. 
or Grey Grey Heather. Something. Go check for yourself. Go correct me on that. Go check for yourself. Go get your own. Only twenty five dollars. They're comfortable. We love them. I, again, five out of five stars from everybody that I've heard that has worn it in their in their life. Source are saying next we're going to talk to ten dent- dentists and see if they agree as well. Yeah, <laughs> better than, it's already better rated than Crest. <laughs> Daniel Lock, tell everybody where they can find you, love you, and support you. You can find me on one day. I'll get that right first try. Find me on X or Twitter or the Bird app or whatever you want to call it at Daniel J Lock. Or you know, if you if you like to read, uh, that that's unfortunately a dying art in this country. Uh, you can find my written work for eighteen nineteen News. I'm their official Auburn beat writer. Um, so, so some very cool stuff coming out this week. Or you can find my written work with Auburn Daily, which is Sports Illustrated's fan nation property covering the Auburn Tigers. Same thing with Braves today for your Atlanta Braves coverage if you are a Braves fan, which a lot of Auburn fans are. A lot of cool stuff there for you. Best team in baseball, Daniel. You're so right. I'm Harrison Tarr, at by Harrison Tarr on the Bird app, X app, whatever you want to call it. I'm also at by Harrison Tarr on threads if you want to go hang out over there. If you've enjoyed today's content, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell. If you did not enjoy today's content, like, subscribe, and ring the bell. We'll do better next time. I think we did pretty well today, though. Welcome to game week, folks. You made it all the way through this grinding off season. For those of you guys who have been with us since episode one, back on National Signing Day in December, it's been a hell of a journey. We're excited. We've got a jam-packed, and I mean star-studded lineup for game week. Uh, We've got folks from all around the Auburn sphere that are going to be hopping in and popping in at different points in time. You'll see Brooks Walton. He's coming back on the show tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Yep, we've got our normal show with just us three on Monday. Tuesday's going to be Jacob Goins and Brooks Walton. Wednesday, Caleb Jones and Noah Griffith. Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time Live. If you're not there, I don't know what you're doing. It's going to be Jacob Hillman, Uptempo of the War Report, Vince Wilfram, probably a couple more of our friends and family from around the Auburn sphere. And Friday will be our week one preview. I mean, folks, we are going to war this week. Get it? The war report? Anyways. So a lot of fun. Make sure you, like when I said, like I said, like, subscribe, ring the bell, but also drop your comments, questions you've got for game week, things, drop your favorite tailgating activity. What are you wearing to the whiteout? You cop some new drip for the whiteout. We want to, we want to hear about it. Tweet at us. Let's see it. Let's see those game day fits, the game day drip, if you will. Loop enthusiasts, we've made it. Make sure you give your feedback. Make sure you ask your questions because we want to answer all of your questions. We want to talk about all your top talking points. You guys are absolute dogs. And you guys give us the best content ideas in the world. You guys actually write the script for us half the time. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate you. We love every single one of you. Dylan, let's get the hell out of here. Yep. And I'm Dylan Lark at you bullet tank on Twitter slash X at redirects. So I can go ever. So I got to ask you, do you actually use threads or is it just you're trying to, what are you trying to do? Uh, I got yeah, I'm on threads like three, four times a week. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, of course, you also have me on Instagram at Dylan Lark, a social media that people actually use, might I add. And if you want to follow us here on the College Loop, you have us here on YouTube where you should like, comment, and subscribe. Again, like Tar said, leave some content ideas for us, some questions, leave some other comments as well. Tell us where you're going to be at for UMass because we're all going to be there. Daniel's going to be in the press box covering the game. Me and Tar are going to be there as fans. But if you see us, stop by, talk to us. We love interacting with y'all. It's always been a fun time every time that's happened. And, of course, if you want to follow us on social media, you have us on Twitter, slash X, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And, of course, again, right here on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Cannot enhance that enough out there to y'all. And if you're tired of seeing our faces, I get it. Look at Tar. I'd be tired of that, too. 
And you should go check out our podcast version as well right there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Stay tuned to tomorrow where you're going to see Brooks Walton's beautiful face. I don't know why. That may be the one podcast episode I'm going to say no to. Just because whoa, whoa, got... whoa. Jacob Goins is on tomorrow too, hey, man. Jacob Goins. Oh, dude. Yeah, don't even yeah, imagine disrespecting the voice of the Lee Scott Warriors. That's right. Hey, you just can't – just don't even – I'm okay with no no downloads on that episode because y'all just need to see those two. I know, Dylan. Let's get 600 before the UMass game. 600 for the UMass game. We are, what, 75 away? 73. 73 away. We got two within this recording session. So that's very nice to, to hear about. But, of course, yeah, stay tuned throughout the entire week. We're going to be right here on the College Loop bringing you every single day before UMass content so you can be ready for game day but again we are here this is the college loop podcast where's the ending there it is college loop podcast